The stranger was grim, for the final tale had come at last. A final tale, and then he must rejoin the hunt when they finally came around. The grim silence did little to abate the interest the boy had in the tale, however. So Odin went to Jotunheim, to the lair of Angraboda, to the pile where she'd been buried? The stranger smiled. Yes, but he did not go directly. First, the Allfather went to the Norn, to the base of Yggdrasil, to their well. He spoke to them, to Vildandi, to Skull, to Erd, to present, past, and future, and asked, How do you resurrect a soul, one who died before Valhalla was built, before Folkvanger, before Helheim? Where did that soul go, and how could he get it back? So Odin asked them, and they taught him the magic to bring Angraboda's soul back. Will I tell you the magic? Will I tell you the method, or where her soul went? I will not. There are some things mortals need not know. But Odin obtained the method. He went to Jotunheim. He found Angraboda's cave, and he performed the rites. The boy smiled. And what did she say? The stranger's one eye twinkled. Welcome to Goddessy, Season 2, Episode 12, The Twilight of the Gods. Before the mound he performed the rites, summoning her from the void before all things, from the depths of Ganungagap, to that deeper place. In time, a shade appeared above the mound, a woman in a deep shroud that covered her body and flowed like a mist off a mountain, into the sea. Waiting yielded nothing. She said nothing. He could not see beyond her veil, into eyes, and saw only the outline of a nose and a mouth from beneath the veil. Are you the vulva I seek? The sons of Heimdall speak too loudly in Midgard. Silence them, All-Father. Odin used his magic and silence overcame the Nine Worlds. No sound was made. Are you the vulva I seek? Speak! The son of Loki has told you the fate of the son of Frigga. You seek the full truth of his death. Her voice was as strong in death as it had been in life. Prove that you are the vulva I seek. Speak something only I know. The smile beneath the veil turned cruel. At the beginning was Muspel and Niffle, fire and ice. At the void of Ganugagap did they meet, and so born was a life. A block of ice thawed by the tongue of Andumla. Inside was Emir, the first Jotun. So born were many of the first races, including the High Ones, called the Aesir and Vanir. Bor's forefathers and foremothers were born of Emir, and so was humanity, though it was Odin who crafted their souls. The sons of Bor, the husbands of Frigga, Odin, Vili and Ve were they who slew Ymir, whose blood soaked the firmament and whose body the nine worlds were created with. Thereafter did Odin create the souls of Ash and Elm, the first humans, and soon after the gods of Vanaheim and Asgard met, war declaring, blood lost, the brothers of Odin killed. Shall I continue, All-Father? Odin snarled. You've proven nothing, witch. Her smile did not wane. 
The gods then created the elves and dwarves. Many are the names of the lords of the dwarves. Shall I speak them all, father? The catalogue of dwarves is known to me. Odin knew that catalogue, but few others did. Move along, spirit. She spoke of many things. The burning of the halls of the Aesir, which I have told you of. Of how he hung from Yggdrasil's spear in the side, how he sacrificed his eye for knowledge without question, how he gained his wolves and ravens, how he earned the meat of poetry. Odin's names did she know, and there are many, many that are known only to him. Odin's stern stare softened. I have spoken of many things that have been, Allfather. Shall I speak of things that will be? Shall I speak of the future? Shall I reveal the curse of Odin and the twilight of the gods? That is the trade. To know the fate of Baldur is to accept your fate. Do you accept it? He had accepted many things. He would accept this. Speak, Angraboda. Tell me of the fate of Baldur. Her smile softened. Frigga learned of the fate of her beloved son, and so now she travels the nine worlds, earning the promise of all things that nothing ever made or born will ever harm him. She will do this, and she will earn the loyalty of all things, all but one. Arrogance will give her to overlooking the meekest of plants, and that will be her undoing. The enemy walks among you, All-Father. He has a wicked tongue. He is Loki. Laufey's son, your blood brother. You swore him a seat at any table you sit at, and that will be your undoing. He is jealous of many of the gods. He is seductive and steals into their beds. Of Baldur, he is most jealous. Baldur, he will want to bring low. So hearing at Frigga's arrogance, he will fasten a death as only he can. Baldur, in excitement, will prove his invulnerability in a contest, and the gods will try to harm him in earnest. Nothing will strike him until his beloved brother, the dark god, Hod the Blind, shall ask to join the game. A voice will speak to him, offer to help him, and Hod will believe it. Aiming a bow and letting the voice point it in the right direction, his aim will be true, and at the end of his arrow will be Baldur's bane. Into Baldur it will plunge, and Baldur will perish. He will be burned, and you will birth twin sons of Frigga, two sons who are born of purpose. Vidar will avenge Baldur by killing Hod. Vali will ride to Hela, who will not give Baldur back, for an oath she will demand, if all things are proven to weep. And all things but one will weep, for Baldur is the best of the gods, the best of all beings. Weep they shall. All but the architect of his demise. Loki will not weep. Baldur will remain in Helheim. So begins the fall of the gods. These things I speak, many will happen, but their order you shall not know. They are all markings of the end, the twilight of the gods, the burning times. Thor shall bring forth your Mangandar from the sea, challenge it, but they will not fight. Freya will be the subject of many kidnappings, but through her own avarice shall her heart be broken. Frey shall lose his mighty sword for love. Odin shall wander the world, banished from Asgard. Many are the tales of the gods, and they will be forgotten by mankind. 
In time, so too will the gods themselves be forgotten. Father will slay son, son shall slay father, brother will kill brother, son will lay with mother, father with daughter, brother with sister, and brother with brother and sister with sister. A time will come, a wolf time, a time of broken shields and of arrows, a deep winter of morals and of earth, a time where nothing grows. The arrogance of man will be in his laboratories and alchemies, magics, and false faith. He will speak in forked tongues the names of foreign gods, but true faith will be unknown to him. Many gods are there in the world, All-Father, many like you, Sky Fathers and Earth Mothers, many that claim to be the one true, and many that are all gods at once. Few deserve to be worshipped. Do you? Shall I go on? She was not asking, and he knew it. He wanted to know. He did not realize how bad this was, but he feared that things would get worse. This is Fimble Winter, the deep winter of souls. The world will be covered in an unnatural winter for many years, the gods frozen in their forgotten halls. Only Heimdall shall remain awake, watching, and when he sees the signs, he will prepare. The signs, I see you thinking. Loki shall be bound to the bottom of Yggdrasil and shall escape. This is the first sign. The next is the escape of Fenrir, who will join his sons in chasing the sun and moon. Heimdall shall see these things, and the trembling of Midgard as Jormungandar shakes the world. He shall take up his horn and he shall blow it. The gods will awaken in time to see Sol and Mani devoured by the wolves. Arms will be taken up, and humanity will be reminded of the High Ones. They will take up arms as well. But Loki, too, will rally his daughter Hela's forces. For the ship you saw in her hall, made of toenails and fingernails, this ship is called Nagalfar, and it shall depart, and Helheim will empty. Jotuns of Jotunheim and of Muspelheim will join forces, and for the first time Surtur will leave his forge and enter the fray. The battlefield will be the whole of the Nine Worlds. You will lead the Inheryar, the glorious dead, alongside Freya into battle. And it is there you will meet your end, Odin. You will be the first to die. You will ride against Fenris with your eight-legged steed and your spear that never misses. You will throw it, but Fenrir will take you into his maw and he will devour you. So shall the last husband of Frigga fall. This was her second sorrow, after the death of Baldur. Fenrir will be defeated by the great avenger Vidar, who will rip Fenris apart with the jaws, taking his father's spear and stabbing it into the heart of the fame wolf. Thor will fight Jormungandar, making quick work of the Midgard Serpent, but in his final breath, the Serpent shall release his great venom. Thor will breathe it in, and nine steps will he take before he falls. The Defender of Mankind will die, and the Thunderer's sons Modi and Magni will take up Mjolnir, Thor's mighty hammer. Frey will charge Surtur, and if he had not given up his magic sword for love, he might have survived. Instead, Surtur will strike down the Fertile One. With his death, the earth blackens. All things that grow die. All light fades from the night sky, for the stars themselves die. Flames rise from all things, for Ragnarok is the end, the burning of the world tree, the destruction 
of the world. This is your doing, Allfather, and it does not end there. As Heimdall avenges the gods and slays Loki, the fire consumes all the gods. Frigga and her servants, and Freya too, and the earth itself, all work to preserve some aspect of life. Frigga's joy is gone. She will wander no more. Using their magic and the sacrifice of their beings, as queens of their people, the world will be renewed. To prove this, the sun shall be reborn, for before she died, Sol conceived a daughter who will take her place in the sky. Vidar and Vali and Modi and Magni too shall be there in a land called Gimli, the fire shelter forged by Frigga and Freya. But they will not be alone, and Helheim did not empty entirely, for from that place shall Baldur and Hod return and joining their brothers and nephews shall rule with the survivors of the gods. But the serpent is unbound. From below he rises, and the light from above descends to the gods, so begins a new cycle. But you shall not know of that, Allfather. To know all things of this world, you know limitation. The next is for others. For yes, even humanity shall survive Ragnarok, and they will prosper under your sons and grandsons, and they shall fight the dragon that rises. But come, let us speak of your curse. You have been given the gift of the future. Now know your curse, not one I bestow upon you, but one that has already been placed upon you. You shall know the future, but nothing can you do to stop it. Even if you told Frigga the fruitlessness of her attempt to save Baldur, nothing would come of it. It has all been written in the cords of the Norns. Ask them, they know, and they will perish too in Ragnarok. They know their fates. You are bound, Odin Borson. Nothing can you change. All can you know, but nothing can you change. Fate is yours, but its paths you cannot change. Know your curse, thrice spoken. Sit upon your throne hereafter, and despair, Allfather. With that, the vulva said no more. Smiling still, her spectral form descended into the mouth. And no more did Angraboda stir in this world, boy. Odin felt the truth of the curse in his bones. He knew he could do nothing. And there, in the plains of Jotunheim, he wept. With only the head of Mimir to keep him company, he wept. He wept until there was a river there, a river that joined the one that flowed into Midgard and filled a sea full of his own tears. And when he was finished, Odin used his magic. He had preserved Mimir's head in magic and preservatives. And with magic he could speak to Mimir, the spirit bound inside of the head. He asked his uncle what to do, if he should accept his fate, if he should tell Frigga. Tell humanity. Odin's joy is bound by Frigga's joy, the two are embraced. What is Odin's curse? It's Frigga's curse, and one day she will hate you for it. But you are ever her joy, Odin, and do not fear for when she discovers you knew, but no. Tell humanity instead. Let them preserve the knowledge, so that some... Some wise or guileless souls after Fimblewinter might remember the wisdom of the gods, long written down in runes and letters of foreign tongues, and let the truth be known. Who knows what they'll do with this knowledge after all? And so, boy, that was what Odin decided to do. So ends the tale of Odin, boy. Now I ask you this. In all of your wisdom, boy... Has Ragnarok already happened, or will it yet happen?
Ragnarok is perhaps the single best-known apocalypse in all of mythology, second only to the Book of Revelations itself. Norse myth is a rare one in that it kills off its own gods. This was done likely near the end of Norse paganism and done by Christian Norse who, like Snorri Sturluson, were Christian but had a decent respect for their roots. This particular tale comes from Voluspa, which I used as my primary text. The Voluspa is one of the most referenced pieces of myth in Norse myth. Multiple pieces of lit refer back to it. It goes back at least to the Codus Regius of the 13th century. There are several variations in Norse myth regarding the events of the Voluspa or what the nameless seer, who I made Agraboda, an idea I borrowed from scholars, tells them. In some versions, she stops with Baldur's death, and that's all she says. In others, she gives the whole spiel, but the details change about who kills who, who shows up, and what's important. I went with the Voluspa itself, though I shortened it a bit. The Catalog of Dwarves, for example, seems wholly unnecessary, except it's where Tolkien got the name Gandalf, which in Old Norse means Elf Wand. In Tolkien lore, Gandalf is a name given to Mithrandir, the Astari, by those who believe that he is an elf, thus Gandalf. Anyway, the ending is one of the most mysterious parts. The three duos of gods are there, but suddenly a being appears from above to fight a dragon, which is either Satan or Needhog, the serpent that gnaws at Yggdrasil's roots. Now that Yggdrasil has been destroyed in Ragnarok, Needhog is free to wreak havoc. The being that comes from the heavens above the gods is likely Jesus, making this addition a Christian one. In some versions, this Jesus is equated to Baldr himself, thus making Baldr Jesus. It makes sense. Baldr's the god of light, after all. In this instance, I exercise direct reference to Jesus and Satan slash the dragon of Revelation, and opted instead for an implied connection with Baldr and Light, and made the dragon likely Needhog. This is not the final episode, merely the end of Odin's tale to the boy. We have one more episode of Season 2 of Godesy, so stick around, true believers. Godesy is written, researched, and produced by Greg Wright. Additional writing and editing by Sidney Yeager. Music by Scott Buckley, whose Creative Commons music can be found at www.scottbuckley.com.au. Follow Goddessy on social media at The Goddessy Podcast. We share mythology factoids daily from all over the world, hilarious memes, and occasionally real-world wisdom. And when you do, reach out and share Goddessy with your friends, followers, and the mysterious dragon of the next world that threatens the gods. We can also be reached via email. All those can be found in the show notes, so check us out there. Your support keeps this show going. If you like what you've heard, leave a review on the podcast service of your choice and help others find us. Share us on social media and maybe Vidar and Vali will let you into Gimli and keep you protected from the fires of Ragnarok. If you want to support the show more directly, you can get access to weekly blog deep dives and early access episodes on our Patreon. The link there is also below. Goddessy releases every Monday. See you next week, far traveler.